0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at six.
2: Good evening and thanks for joining us. Chris is off tonight to breaking details in the COVID-19 pandemic. There are concerning new numbers in B.C. tonight, 77 new cases, and there has been an uptick in the number of people in hospital. This as Provincial Health Officer Dr. Bonnie Henry issues a strict new order for restaurants province-wide. Keith Baldry reports.
3: We have uh, 77 new cases. The numbers keep climbing and now another long-term care home has an outbreak of the COVID-19 virus, a care worker testing positive overnight. The virus continues to make its way through the Lynn Valley long-term care home as 36 residents and 18 health care workers there have tested positive. Eight of the residents have died. Meanwhile, the fact that some restaurants were apparently ignoring the social distance rule really prompted Dr. Bonnie Henry, Dr. Henry today to make another public order.
4: We put in um, some guidance around being able to, to maintain a distance within the restaurant. And it is um, becoming obvious, as it has to many of the municipalities around here, that this is a very challenging thing to do. So from today, um, my order is that uh, restaurants must move to a take or delivery model. Model only.
3: And the health minister declared a crackdown on what appears to be an increase in the theft of equipment from hospitals.
5: We'll track down and punish anyone caught misappropriating, the better word is stealing, the supplies we need for your protection.
3: Health Minister Adrian Dix also updated the tally of hospital beds that have been vacated to prepare for what could lie ahead.
5: We have in acute care hospitals today 2,398 people under. Our our occupancy, our previous occupancy prior to COVID-19, in uh, critical care units, 246 um, less in critical care, and the largest bolus of of uh, of elective surgeries that will be canceled will start next Monday. So these numbers are likely to increase, and right now, we have, as we said, 22 cases in acute care. So these are dramatic responses uh, from the healthcare system that tell you how seriously we take this.
3: So with such bleak scenarios perhaps on the horizon, BC's top doctor was asked why not a tighter lockdown of people and communities?
4: I don't think telling everybody to stay at home is going to help us because we do need to keep things moving and we do need people to be out there doing the things that, that allow us to go to work every day. So it, it's finding that balance and we'll not get it right every time and um, we've been changing things as, as the issues come up.
2: All right, let's bring in Keith Baldry, uh, who has some breaking news now, Keith, and sadly the confirmation of a ninth death from COVID-19 here in B.C.,
3: yeah, there was a bit of confusion in the briefing today. It didn't really come up in the, in the uh, briefing in sort of a detail. We were given a, a, a new uh, number for deaths, uh, nine now. So another death at the Lynn Valley Care Home. That is eight residents there have died, as I mentioned in my story, uh, and one elderly gentleman out in the Fraser Valley. So unfortunately, condolences to all, but uh, nine is now the, now the number of fatalities.
2: Alright, so back to the surgery cancellations that uh, were mentioned, was mentioned in your story, the number of beds that have opened up. Put that into context for us.
3: Yeah, it's not getting a lot of attention. Adrian Dix announced on Monday he was going to do this, and today he gave us the update on how many beds have been vacated. That means people, basically 2,600 beds or so, which would normally be at capacity and people getting elective surgeries. This tells us two things. Uh, people, the number of people who are not getting elective surgeries and also the anticipated surge in hospitalizations as a result of COVID-19. It may not happen. Hopefully it doesn't. But they're making way for a really bleak scenario. To put this in context, the number of beds, we're talking about the equivalent of almost Six St. Paul's hospitals being closed. That's what's actually occurring here. Uh, a little more than five and a half uh, St. Paul's hospitals is the equivalent of 2,600 beds. An extraordinary move that we've never seen before in the, B- in the history of BC Medicare.
2: Wow, that's incredible. All right, thanks for that, Keith Baldry in Victoria. Now, while everyone is feeling the ripple effects of COVID 19 right now, it is obviously the families directly affected who are dealing with the most heartbreaking impact. One couple who just lost their mother are speaking out tonight, sharing the story of her remarkable life and what she would say right now if she were still here. Sarah McDonald reports. Look at your mother's
6: hair and her beautiful outfit. She was so styling, yeah.
4: <laughs> so cute.
6: Sandra Cairns was an altruistic, an accomplished nurse and a well-traveled and highly respected civilian police officer who spent her working years improving the lives of others in Vancouver's downtown east side.
4: We have unfortunately and sadly uh, one additional death to report here in British Columbia.
6: On Thursday, she became yet another statistic, the province's ninth person to die in the COVID-19 pandemic.
7: They said another person died at the Lynn Valley Center and I'm kind of like well that was my mom. Now her
6: family is going public putting a face to the number and pleading with the province and its people to be proactive when it comes to combating this highly contagious virus. Just stay home it's it's not that hard. And they want that enforced now by those in charge in a province with a population of more than 5 million people and densely crowded cities, where those vulnerable to the virus are living among others who simply aren't following the rules. If we shut this province down, For even a short time, I think it would really flatten this curve and then we can go back to normal. And I don't think that's asking too much. Major American cities are already there. The streets of New York and California State on lockdown. A move that hasn't been taken in Canada
8: yet. As I've said repeatedly, nothing is off the table. Though it's not being
6: ruled out. The province pointing to the economic ramifications and the complexities of making the call. While acknowledging the dangers to society posed by carriers.
4: The people we're going to bring it home to are the people that are closest to us. And that may be our grandparents, that may be our parents, that may be somebody in our life whose immune system is is compromised.
6: By now, we all know this. Being reckless puts vulnerable, though valued members of society, just like Sandra, at risk. If she was able to say anything now from heaven, she would say, use my face, tell the world, So that people are more careful. A message to the public her loved ones are hoping their loss will help drive home. Sarah MacDonald, Global News.
2: A familiar face to Global News viewers says she has a presumptive case of COVID-19. Lawyer Kyla Lee was at a conference in Ohio last week and decided to self-isolate when she arrived back in Vancouver. Just a few days after her return home she started showing symptoms which a doctor via video conference confirmed to her was indeed COVID-19.
9: <coughs> I had a lot of anxiety last night about it. Um just you know, reading all the stories that have been out there for the last several weeks about people, you know, my age with no underlying health conditions um, who've died from this. And that's kind of freaked me out. But I was told by the doctor what to look for when I need to go to the hospital if. I need to go to the hospital and so right now it's just a matter of making sure I'm getting fluids, taking Tylenol, resting enough and, uh, and moving around to keep any pneumonia from settling into my lungs. I wish the procedure at the airport had been better at the time I came through, um, not for me because I was aware of what I needed to do but for everybody else that was going through at that time and that weren't told that they needed to self-isolate and you know if I got this on my flight here, then perhaps somebody who's also infected is out there in the community spreading this. And that's you know, the last thing that we want to be happening.
2: The federal government has unveiled a series of new measures designed to help fight the spread of COVID-19 and keep a number of Canadian industries at work. The plan is for manufacturers to quickly pivot to making medical supplies. The prime minister also announcing today the timeline for a full border closure and action to bring stranded Canadians home. Aaron MacArthur reports.
10: With the caseload beginning to climb quickly, and the U.S. border closing to all but essential traffic, Canada will be on its own for large parts of the effort needed to fight COVID-19. This international crisis requiring new innovative
8: domestic solutions. We are launching Canada's plan to mobilize industry to fight COVID-19 to ensure that we can quickly produce here in Canada the things we need. The government announcing a
10: move to retool factories to manufacture necessary medical equipment. Auto parts firms being asked to look at ways to make ventilators. Right now, there are no Canadian companies that supply them. Other companies asked to make masks. It's a process that could take months to get off the ground. In the meantime, the government securing what it can.
4: We have been able to secure 11.3 million N95
10: masks. While Canada gears up to face the crisis, the crisis is already here. More than a thousand cases nationwide. B.C. remains the epicenter of the outbreak, and every province except Nova Scotia has declared either a state of emergency or public health emergency. New Brunswick taking drastic measures and closing virtually all public spaces except grocery stores and pharmacies. Nationwide, the immediate concern remains buying healthcare workers time to manage any sudden surge in cases. We have tested close to 66,000 people across Canada. That's, again, over 10,000 persons tested since yesterday. There are still thousands of Canadians trapped outside the country. Global Affairs directing airlines to manage flights to bring them home. The first rescue flight from Air Canada scheduled for Morocco Saturday. Aaron MacArthur Global News.
2: Catherine Urquhart joins us with more on this from the Peace Arch border crossing where cars have already slowed to a trickle. Catherine?
11: That's right, Sophie. Very little traffic here at the Peace Arch border crossing. Certainly not your typical Friday afternoon. And in less than three hours at 9 p.m., the border between Canada and the United States will temporarily close except for essential travel. So goods will still be able to cross and those returning home will also be allowed to do so. But illegal migrants who try to cross Brown, anywhere along news. the border like we've seen them do in the past, they will be turned back. It's all part of an agreement between Canada and the United States.
8: We recognize that these are exceptional times, and someone who comes to the border to uh, request asylum uh, will be turned back to American authorities, as happens right now when someone comes to an official border crossing and requests asylum. We turn them over to American authorities at the border uh, where uh, they are uh, released uh, almost immediately uh, into the American, uh, uh, into the United States.
11: Again, in less than three hours at 9 p.m., the border between Canada and the United States will close temporarily except for essential travel, all part of an effort to slow the spread of COVID-19. Sophie?
2: Catherine Urquhart at Peace Arch Forest Catherine, thank you. A Maple Ridge man stranded on a cruise ship is pleading with Ottawa to help him and his wife get home. Dennis Connolly, along with a group of at least 60 others, are stranded on the Coral Princess in the Atlantic. They're due back in Fort Lauderdale April 6, but they want to follow the Prime Minister's advice and come home now. So far, all their efforts have failed as airlines cancel flights and port cities close entry points.
12: We do not expect to be able to get off. We do not know when we can get off. We were trying to get off in uh, Argentina, in Buenos Aires, yesterday. The, the One Air Canada flight was hold, held an hour and a half later for those people. Our flights were with other airlines that they had booked. Ours was with, my personal was with Air Argentina. The plane was gone when we even got to the airport. Take it.
2: The passengers say there are no reports of illness on the ship, but they are all being screened for symptoms, including fever. With more and more people being laid off due to the outbreak, fears are growing that many won't be able to pay the rent. And that's putting mounting pressure on the provincial government to ban evictions during the outbreak. Richard Zussman reports.
13: Like for many, it's been a tough week for Simikshah Simikshah. First, her and her boyfriend lost their jobs because of COVID-19. Then she received an eviction notice.
9: You just have to move out right away. And she was like, you know what, I'm going to bring a tenancy and notice and you have to move out in 30 days.
13: Samiksha hoping for help to keep her Vancouver basement suite.
9: We will pay rent, but we need some time because we both lost our jobs.
13: (laughs) She is not alone. Kirsten Mears lives in a West End apartment building. Her landlord has tried to evict her before because she is locked into a lower rent. She received an eviction notice Thursday because her boyfriend was isolating with her in her apartment. For the most part, I pay my rent. Um, I'm a good tenant. And it's shocking. It's scary. BC Housing announcing this week a moratorium on evictions for those in social and affordable housing. But advocates say that should be expanded to all renters.
14: Landlords obviously have uh, their income to consider, but these uh, renters have nowhere to go. There
13: is also growing concerns from British Columbians that they won't be able to afford next month's rent because they either aren't working because of self-isolation or have lost their jobs because of the virus. Health Minister Adrian Dick says these evictions should not be happening.
5: I would say in principle that uh, we, should be, uh, we shouldn't be evicting people at this time.
13: In some cases, open houses are still happening. Tenants being asked to leave their homes during showings and having their personal
4: property touched. It has to be done in a way that protects the safety of everybody. So that means that it would have to be a one-on-one and you'd have to be able to maintain distance.
13: The province is set to unveil a financial package on Monday that is expected to have support for renters and homeowners relief that can't come soon enough for those facing very uncertain futures. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria.
2: Right now, though, while many businesses have shut their doors completely during the crisis, many others are improvising to find ways to stay open. From fitness trainers to craft breweries, making do has become the business plan.
12: Spring is that time of year that often gives the restaurant business that extra sizzle. But everything has been flipped upside down because of the COVID-19 pandemic.
15: I know many just local businesses that are kind of month to month and they do run a risk and we do run a risk. The
12: threat of closure can be seen everywhere. Still, Humble Roots Cafe has decided to dig in a little deeper, offering a 10% discount, pickup and car hop service to stay afloat.
15: Staying open and providing food during this time does feel like a bit of a responsibility for us. We're not really thinking too much into the future financially. We're just trying to roll with the punches.
12: The alternative is hard to ignore on West 4th Avenue, where countless businesses are closed their bottom lines, inching closer to crisis.
5: Walking up and down 4th at the moment, it is very quiet. I
6: definitely feel for the businesses. Like, it's really rough.
12: Method cycling isn't moving out just trying to move forward. We push people on a daily basis and try and challenge them. And this is a time, I think, where a lot of people are out of their comfort zone. Um, And so we're trying to be creative. The new spin on their business model, renting and delivering bikes to the client's home.
1: We're gonna stand for about 45 seconds, are you ready?
12: And offer virtual classes online. It's been incredible. Almost half of our fleet of bikes are, are in people's homes now around the city. Whether it's support from the community, Limiting the number of customers in a store or offering at-home delivery to the thirsty. Many businesses say without more assistance on things like rent, operating costs and wages.
6: That's under Brian, right?
12: They're only buying time. But local businesses aren't about to give up.
15: Just seeing how the communities responded, probably one of the best ways I, I used to cope right now.
12: No one knows how long it will take to turn things around. But COVID-19 has local businesses just trying to serve the community barely surviving day by day. John Hua, Global News.
2: The message of social distancing is one we've all heard over and over. And yet in the face of so many examples of people ignoring those guidelines, some are wondering if it's time to call out those who aren't doing their part. Jordan Armstrong reports.
1: There you go, people. Social gathering in its finest in Surrey. Video sent to Global News shows a large celebration in Surrey in clear violation of the ban on mass gatherings. I guess they missed the announcement of emergency in Surrey. RCMP say they're aware of the video and are using it to help plan their response should further gatherings like this one continue in Surrey. In Delta, this yoga studio has had its business license revoked for refusing to shut down. And in Vancouver... By order of the city manager, all restaurants and bars are to discontinue dine-in service effective midnight tonight. He says that comes after several establishments were found to be flouting the chief medical officer's order. The mayor adds police also observed private gyms, even a bowling alley, still operating. My message to all retailers who remain open is this. Now is the time to take aggressive action to do your part... To limit the spread of COVID-19. But what is the city doing to ensure compliance and does it have its priorities straight? Something the operator of the juice truck wondered on Twitter Thursday after receiving tickets and a tow for being parked too far from a curb.
7: We're uh, moving away from the non-essential work and that is one of the areas so we won't be enforcing um, the parking bylaw as well as a part of that
1: the city manager says scofflaws will have a non-compliance notice taped to the exterior of their business but won't necessarily be fined for that first offense
7: if uh, we see businesses are are on consecutive days not Taking part of this, we will take enforcement actions.
1: But other jurisdictions are taking a tougher stance. Saskatchewan, for example, announcing a $2,000 fine for people who've travelled internationally, yet refused to self-isolate. And the premiers of Manitoba and Ontario have suggested naming and shaming businesses. People
5: have to self-police themselves. It's common sense. You know, is, is, does it come to public shaming by your neighbours or your co-workers? Jordan Armstrong, Global
1: News.
2: Well, to help maintain social distance, a new tool to service the community of Langford. It's a virtual call center where volunteers and some paid staff can help from home. Doctors and nurses have been recruited to answer concerns from the public. People can call or fill out an online form. Medical staff will review and guide people to the medical services they need.
6: During times of crisis, you sort of have to break these barriers down and you have to just look at it and say, there's, we got to react sometimes a bit faster than we usually do. Or sometimes it may be like what we do in the ICU, which is react now and think later.
2: The creator of COVIDlangford.com says the service is for Langford residents only, but it is designed to expand. They're also reminding people this is not a replacement for 811 or 911. It's just a supplement to those services. Worldwide, the number of cases of coronavirus has now topped a quarter of a million. Italy has again seen a huge rise in confirmed cases, with 627 deaths in just 24 hours. And the UK has taken extraordinary economic measures as it prepares for the worst of the outbreak. Global's Redmond Shannon
16: reports. Schools across the UK closed indefinitely on Friday, more than two weeks after Italy took that action. Almost everything else in Britain will soon be suspended too, including the British pint,
5: telly, cafes, pubs, bars, and restaurants, to close tonight as soon as they reasonably can. It's a nice
16: pint. <laughs> it will be weeks before we know if it's too little, too late. But the British government believes extraordinary financial measures are also needed.
17: Government grants will cover 80% of the salary of retained workers, up to a total of £2,500 a month.
16: That's more than $4,000. The immense catastrophe unfolding in Italy is what the world is trying to avoid. But these scenes are almost certainly coming to much of Europe now. The army has been deployed to enforce the lockdown in Italy's Lombardy region. And these are some of the efforts in Spain as the death toll there tops 1,000. For the first time, a Canadian who was diagnosed with a virus has died abroad. Canada's Foreign Affairs Minister, François-Philippe Champagne, confirming the death occurred in Japan. Encouragingly, China has slowed cases to a trickle, but Hong Kong has seen its largest daily increase since the outbreak began. Most cases are residents returning from abroad, including skiers who had visited Whistler, British Columbia. A reflection of how this pandemic is now moving in every direction. Redmond Shannon, Global News, London.
2: In Health Matters tonight, with the constant calls to self-isolate and keep your social distance, a UBC psychologist is studying how people are dealing both physically and mentally with this pandemic. As Linda Ellsworth found out, the experts already have a sense of which personalities have a better chance at coping with the impacts of this outbreak.
18: If you're feeling out of sorts these days, you're not alone.
0: Stressed, anxious panicked. There's so much to adjust to. Um, This is really an unprecedented situation.
18: Nancy Sin is a health psychologist at UBC, so she understands a lot about the way many of us are feeling in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic.
0: We're experiencing a lot of disruptions to our daily lives, having to change up our, our work, um, arrange for childcare, or um, being at home with kids.
18: Not to mention the worries about our health and that of our loved ones. But she hopes to use this time in our history to learn even more with an online survey.
0: We're planning to survey people every week uh, as for as long as the outbreak lasts. Um, so we're really trying to track um, these changes in emotions.
18: Anyone around the world is encouraged to participate. In the meantime, what can we
0: do to better cope with COVID anxiety? One of the best ways to cope with stress might be to um, focus your energy towards what you can do and especially how you can help other people.
18: Being helpful and thoughtful has been clinically shown to make you feel better. You can ask people who can't get out if you can help with groceries. And you can relieve loneliness for those in isolation simply by picking up
0: the phone. Try to reach out to other people so that you can feel like you still have that connection. Um, Because we don't have to see people face-to-face to still have a bond with them. And bonds right now are really important, even if it takes some
18: creativity to do it.
0: I believe that one of the ways that we naturally try to try to deal with stress is to find moments of joy, um, and and that's exactly what we saw in Italy. <laughs> I think it's you know positive emotions, it's these pro-social activities and empathy. Um, I think that these are some of the important factors that might make people more resilient. Linda Aylesworth, Global News.
1: You're watching Global News Hour at six.
0: One
2: outdoor activity that continues to thrive during the current COVID-19 crisis, albeit with a few more rules. That's right after Christy's forecast. All right, let's check in with meteorologist Christy Gordon now. And, you know, it's been nice that everyone's been able to get outside. But um, we have to remember, if you do go outside and get some fresh air, maintain your social distance
14: very important we are constantly reminding our little ones when we're headed out to not be socializing with anyone we for example today we went out for a little bit of a bike ride we stayed well away from everyone else just stayed within ourselves and then came home right away Yeah, absolutely, really important. one of the reasons why I'm staying home uh, right now is to really make sure that we're staying self-contained and not exchanging our germs with anyone else or hopefully getting any other germs. Now, it is absolutely beautiful outside. As you can see, clear skies, but we are about to see a change. Uh, Sunset, I really urge you to check out the sunset if you can tonight because not only today, but tomorrow, we should see a spectacular sunset. Sunset, by the way, is at 725 Nice shot from Oak Bay. Thank you to Frank J for that one. Temperature-wise, we range from 11 to 16 degrees across the lower mainland. White Rock was a little cooler near the water, and you probably felt that if you were in the area, but right away from the water, it was much warmer. 17 degrees in areas like Lytton and Lillooet, and we are going to see a change as we head towards our Monday. But still plenty of sunshine tomorrow all across the region. Just a chance of showers in through the Columbia region. But sunshine and highs ranging from 15, sorry, 11 to 15 degrees for Metro Vancouver region. Monday, cooler and wetter certainly. But we are going to see... uh, a little bit of a rebound come Tuesday and Wednesday. And I'll leave you with a nice shot, another sunset shot. This is our central windows, the window from White Rock. And Norman Orr says, the ultimate self-isolation. So back to you. <laughs> well, with a view like that, it's, a, it's not so bad. All right. Thanks
2: very much, Christy. It seems every day there are more restrictions and shutdowns implemented to help fight the spread of COVID-19. But there is one outdoor activity that continues to thrive. Golf, And as Barry DeLay reports, local courses are busier than ever.
17: It's a ray of sunshine in an otherwise cloudy existence right now. Golf in the great outdoors is still one of the few things we're allowed to do. And never have golfers
5: been more appreciative to tee it up. It kind of breaks the monotony and a little bit of the stress and the turmoil that's going on and just gives you a chance to just, you know, blow off some steam and just forget about what's kind of going on for a little while anyways.
17: Surrey Golf Club is one of many courses in the lower mainland still open to the public and they are jam-packed but players are still keeping their distance. In a game full of unique rules there are even more to follow right now. We've got a lot of uh, like safe zones like keeping up our social distance. Uh, we got signs all over the place. We've reduced our seating in our restaurant down to 30. We're, we're allowed uh, 50. They're spaced out quite
5: significantly in a very large space sanitation of the carts um, any touch services we're we're all over it like people are not going to be be shaking hands on the golf course they're not going to be standing too close to each other they're not going to be sharing clubs or you know like no one's going to pick someone else's ball out of the hole all this sort of stuff is going to change
17: City-owned courses in Vancouver and Burnaby were ordered closed earlier this week, but for now it's business kind of as usual everywhere else. That may change, but right now, four hours in the sunshine playing golf sounds pretty good. They're really thankful that we're actually open. Just, they just want to get out and do something, and, and golf is huge, and they, they love it, and the fresh air and the sunshine, and uh, they're being active, and uh, I think it's really helping with their mental state. Barry DeLay, Global News.
7: You just made a very good point.
2: Well, he doesn't like germs at the best of times. So this is actually. I you
7: know, have been a, a chronic hand washer my whole life. And now be like Squire. And now I'm even more of a chronic hand washer. <laughs> I didn't think I could <laughs> overdo my hand washing, but I have gone to a whole new level. That's a whole great. new level. And I suggest all of you do as well.
2: <laughs> okay, and in the midst of it all, sports continues.
7: Well the NFL has filled up our pages this week and it's now official. Tom Brady is a buccaneer. He signed a two-year deal with Tampa Bay today. He'll be paid $25 million per season, which is not the most for a quarterback. It's actually fifth highest when you consider money per year. His old backup, Jimmy Garoppolo, makes $26 million per year in San Francisco. Jared Goff, Russell Wilson, and Dak Prescott are others who make more per year against the salary cap than Brady. And between those four, they only have one Super Bowl. And now we have to talk about the 12s. And I don't mean Seahawks fans. Receiver Chris Godwin of Tampa Bay wears number twelve, and when asked today on the team's website if he'll give that up to Brady, he said, "Basically, if Brady wants number twelve, he can have it."
16: Um, we haven't talked about it. Like we talked briefly, but hadn't, hadn't mentioned that at all. But uh, obviously, if if I if he doesn't want it, or if he's not making a big deal, I'll, I'm definitely going to keep it. But <laughs> you know, we'll we'll see how that goes. I think. I think just out of respect, you know, for what he's done, you know, what he's, you know, what he's accomplished and just kind of the career he's built for himself. You know, I, I, you, you kind of got to lean into that respect, you know, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes.
7: A day after he was released by the Rams, running back Todd Gurley signed a one-year contract with Atlanta. He comes the uh, Falcons' number one back with Devonta Freeman being released on Monday. Atlanta was 30th in rushing yardage last year and Melvin Gordon has gone From the Chargers to the Broncos on a two-year deal, this is a man who has a nose for the end zone, 23 touchdowns in his last 24 games. Well, during the Rugby Sevens Tournament at BC Place, we showed you a story on how the Canadian players were wearing shoes that had designs on them from children at Ronald McDonald House. Those children got help from an artist, a local artist, who has made a lot of athletic
15: shoes look cool. The feeling I got when I painted my first pair was like a feeling I've never felt before of accomplishment and stuff like that. So for me, just just the love of sneakers kind of opened my eyes to art and made me love it more than I ever thought I would, honestly.
17: Diego Zaniga always loved playing sports, especially rugby as a teenager attending Yale High School in Abbotsford, but art was never really his thing until just a few years ago. He started painting some designs on his own sports cleats and shoes and for some of his buddies, and it was good, really good. So he made a bold move. He contacted B.C. Lions player Odell Willis, a bold personality in his own right, and once he did some work for Odell he really
15: gained a foothold in this unique business. Pretty much just word spreader on the locker room and he put in the good word for me. And about a month later, I was pretty much doing like half the team's cleats. Then thanks to the powers of Instagram, Diego's work jumped the border
17: and he started getting some interest from NFL players, including a very early morning call from Detroit Lions quarterback, Jeff Driscoll, who ended up being the Lions
15: starter for a stretch of games in November. I crashed at my friend's house that night, slept on his couch and then at 5 a.m. I got a call from Detroit Michigan and it was the quarterback Jeff Driscoll calling me and I remember just running upstairs throwing water on my face like trying to wake myself up for this being like I don't even know how I got here so moments like that are definitely moments that motivate me to keep going and seeing where I can take this. Diego's work also got worldwide attention at the Canada
17: Rugby Sevens held earlier this month at BC Place. Every member of Team Canada wore specially designed cleats with artwork from kids at Ronald McDonald House to help raise money for the charity. Diego was in charge of transferring the kids' work to
15: the shoes. The most fulfilling project I've ever had, just being able to get the artwork from the kids at Ronald McDonald and being able to actually like show their artwork and showcase it on the field and like such an important event to BC, like kind of the sevens. It was an honor to be a part of it.
17: Thanks to Instagram and his great quality of work, Diego's business continues
15: to grow. It's not full-time yet, but at 20 years old, he's certainly not a starving artist either. If you would have told me this three years ago that I'd be doing this, I, I would have been, I wouldn't believe it. I mean, it's definitely, I love sports. I, it's a perfect way for me to connect art and sports and my two kind of passions. It's it's honestly awesome. For me, the, the way I know I did a good job is they messaged me for another pair. So that's kind of like, for me, that's what I take as like a good job. Those are cool.
2: Feels like we've lived about eight lifetimes in the past two weeks.
7: You know, it hasn't been all (laughs) that long since the Canucks and the NHL stopped playing, but it seems like it's been months Yeah. because so much has happened between then and now. Well, luckily, we still have
2: satellite debris. That's correct.
7: And I thought I'd break out some old favorites that a lot of people like. Let's have some laughs. Let's, uh, for about five minutes, just put our troubles away for five minutes. Okay, the uh, first two, one from GEICO and one featuring Lionel Richie. Here we go. (laughs)
6: <laughs> no, please,
1: please. The running of the bull dogs? Surprising. What's not surprising? How much money Aaliyah saved by switching to Geico. <laughs>
2: Okay, that worked. I want that now.
7: And you're right. He looks exactly the same. The guy has not aged a bit. Okay, a lot of people, I've showed this a few times, but a lot of people love this one. It's from Walmart. It's not that long, but it's got a great punchline. Here I am, over here.
8: Here we go. (laughs) It's time for Daddy to make some funny.
14: Yeah, we got all of this at Walmart. The decorations, the tablecloths, all of the food. And we even saved enough money for the, the, um...
8: For the clown outfit. Unbeatable prices, backed by our price match guarantee. Save money, live better. Walmart. <laughs> I
7: love that one. But that's how we all became afraid of clowns. Okay, so, well, that and it. Okay, so, um... Hello, the song, was Hello. that the name of the song?
18: Yes, Okay. I think so.
7: Here's another one from way back then that's featured in a commercial for Cow and Gate, another old favorite. The song is Come on, Eileen. Here we go. points need the original band: Dexy's Midnight Runners.
2: <laughs> Nineteen
3: eighty-two. They I wore the uh, they wore ago. the
7: um, overalls in the.
3: I
2: don't remember the what video. they wore. I
7: remember
2: that. It's just like on every '80s compilation that was ever made. Pretty much. I think that's. Some <laughs> of course, I know it's the
7: only song I ever heard of theirs. Well,
2: that was a perfect way to end up. What has been a week?
7: <sighs> that's for sure.
2: In history, how about that? Thank you for being with us all week long. We will have the latest updates on COVID-19 throughout the evening. And of course, going forward, we are in this together. Have a good night.